What is good, everyone? This is episode three of season three. That's right. We're going in depth on different paths. Well, what different paths would these be? Well, accurate truth. That's the different paths that we're taking is based upon this season. The first season, if you didn't listen into it, it was based on the 13 Illuminati bloodlines. Next one, the next season, was based upon what they're doing. Or what they've been doing for the last few decades. In more so the United States of America. We didn't go in so far as every single executive order in season two. Because there's so many of them. But I laid out a majority of them to show in detail. Which includes FEMA. Their plan, which by using COVID as one of the measures to move things in their direction. This season, we've been talking about solutions how the enemy thinks and acts. We'll talk about some more things, but for this episode, we're going to focus on something a little bit more historical and archaeological. Before I proceed on that, as of January 6th, 2021, was to appeal the decision that there was election fraud that took place and to bring awareness that Joe Biden committed election fraud. Well, it's not just Joe Biden. It's him as a puppet used by his master's that created these things. And they are on the low spectrum. (laughs) They really don't know much about the cult, the occults that they're in. They think that they have so much power that they can do whatever they want. They don't realize that the people that they are with are really setting them up to fail. Why did I bring this up? Well, the reason of the fact is that because if you haven't listened in on my recent episode, How the Enemy Takes Control, the so-called insurrection 
that the media is portraying. It's not insurrection. It was a ploy to start the war upon the people. As part of the steps towards them destroying a nation and reforming it to the way they're reforming it. And no, it's not going to be through the Democratic Party nor the Republican Party. The left or the right, the Libertarian or the Tea Party, doesn't matter. The fact is, whether Trump wins, which he did by a landslide, or Biden goes in, it does not matter because of what happened on January 6, 2021. Because whether either or go in, a war on the people is going to happen. The war is then going to happen against the bourgeois. The bourgeois is then going to go against the feudal world. Vice versa. I'm going to leave out some details so that way you actually listen into how the enemy takes control, ultimately to execute and or life in prison many of the government governing body, politicians, lawmakers, diplomats, military officials, celebrities, big business owners, so on and so forth. The reason why these people think they're going to get away with what they're getting away with is because their masters are playing them to believe this so they're really playing the masses to move where they want them to move it, ultimately. So I just wanted to bring that into perspective based upon this episode for that little part. But what we're going to talk about is not exactly the Book of Enoch. But, it's going to be a main source point. We're going to be talking about the book of Enoch and the Bible. And why these are two very important, prominent books being historical, historically accurate and truthful. Now, if this isn't something that you want to listen to, I really don't care if you turn off. That's your decision. But I'm here to lay the historical evidence that shows why what I'm going to bring to Revelation. I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about how when you get an idea, Inception is called Revelation, thinking it's your idea. And what's very interesting that I'm going to bring about. That shows in depth as to what I mean. I'm first going to speak about what it says in the Bible, 
relating to the Book of Enoch. And remember here, we're going to specifically focus on one Enoch, not two or three Enoch. I want to put that out there, that two and three Enoch are to Kabbalah Jewish mysticism. Okay, one Enoch actually comes from Enoch, the grandfather of Noah. Two and three Enoch were written after the first and second century AD. Now, in Jude chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. One Enoch, one nine, says this, And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones, to execute judgment upon all, and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Hmm, that's very interesting. Why would the Bible reference the book of Enoch, which is one Enoch? We're going to get into the book of Jasher on a different episode, but we're going to focus on Enoch here. Now, if none of you know what the book of Jasher is, I'll quickly bring it up. Meaning, in Joshua chapter 10, verse 13, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. The book of Jasher is much longer, so that's why we're not going to get into that right now. We're going to focus on the book of Enoch. But why is this one important? Why is it also not spoken of as much? It's interesting. It's one of the Dead Sea Scrolls that was uncovered. And more so, why is it not in the Bible? Why do Christians not read it? Not all, but most. There is a lot of historical accuracy involved in this. But before I get into the historical and archaeological 
facts of how the Bible is the oldest text in history by the Book of Enoch. We're going to get into that after we hear a word from our sponsors. Me. <laughs> no, yeah, it is me. I like it because I'm able to make my own advertisement. I don't have to have anybody else advertise for me. That's why I love this app, Anchor, since it's free to download and you can make your own advertisements. So if you feel like you want to make your own podcast, you can make your own advertisements. Say, I don't want nobody to sponsor me, I'll sponsor myself. <laughs> so without further ado, we'll get right back. Welcome back, everyone, to learning about the Book of Enoch. Now, I'm not going to read the entire Book of Enoch because that would just take too long, for one. And you can find it online, you can buy it, or you can just read it on the internet. What we're going to do is show historical accuracy. So there's three different eras we're going to talk about. One is Sanskrit, which is a language that was around 1500 BC, which was more or less the Hittites. And there's the Egyptians, which were having their real formal presence in 3100 BC. And Sumer, the Sumerians, 4000 BC. But with earliest settlements being around 5500 to 4000 BC is the Egyptians and the Sumerians. The Sumerians are a bit older than the Egyptians in establishing a formal body of a nation than the Egyptians. But they still formed about the same time. Now to get into real historical facts, 4th millennium BC is the furthest excavated for historical proof being that the 5th millennium BC and before, which is 6th, 7th, 8th, and so on, is impossible to precisely date. We can't precisely date it more than the more than 4000 BC. We can, to an extent, between 4,000 and 5,000 BC. We have some things, like I said, 5,500 to 4,000 BC was the Egyptians and the Sumerians. We have some information based upon that, that we can relate to that. But based upon anything that was before these different tribes is very, very difficult to even hold. Meaning... The whole process of the evolution spectrum is a lie created by the Illuminati, the illustrious Council of Thirteen, to make people believe that we're 
to make the people believe we're dumb, <laughs> to, to absolutely, without a doubt, make to the furthest conclusion that we come from goo, that we evolved into monkeys, and that we evolved into humans, like, you're literally saying we're stupid? No, 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 no. That is a falsehood. Even so many people disagreed with Darwin when he brought up his evolution. The people that helped him move it forward was after he died, and they were also part of the Illuminati. We're not going to get into that right now. I just wanted to throw that out. But for actual historical accuracy, we're going based off the facts. Because when it comes to evolution, it's a theory. It's not fact. There's a difference between theory and fact. Now, here's one thing that has actually come up most recently. That is of very historical significance, but at the same time is also difficult to prove is the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Okay, that's T-H-O-T-H, -T -H, Thoth. Now the claim is that it was around 36,000 BC. It's a lot of people will say, because they're like, oh, aliens, there's aliens coming here. They're here, they're there. We're not gonna get into it. We'll talk about that on another episode, what it means by actual aliens, but there is no historical accuracy that the, tab the Emerald Tablets of Thoth even came from 36,000 BC. Nowhere is there historical accuracy on that. It was actually written in Arabic. Huh. Interesting. Emerald the Emerald Tablets, written by Thoth, are supposedly coming from 36,000 BC, but are written in Arabic? That, that doesn't make sense. Why? Because Arabic's earliest form was created in the 9th century BC. So we're talking 900 to 999 BC. So this is not the 36th century BC, this is 9th century BC, okay? That's the earliest form that was created. But one of the first works in Arabic composed between the 6th to 9th century AD, and even historians and archaeologists have confirmed the accuracy of the Emerald Tablets of Thoth were actually created around the 8th to 9th century AD. So, being that said, There's not much that we can really go based upon the claim of the Emerald Tablets of Thoth and how there's aliens that came before us at 36,000 BC and before that, when that's just a claim and that's not even factual, when the facts have been stated by archaeologists that Arabic was created much more in our time frame in AD, then BC, or BCE, that written in Arabic is without a doubt not that old. So we can throw the Emerald Tablets of Thoth out the window. They aren't that old. In fact, there's religions that are even older 
than their emerald tablets of filth. You gotta do your historical work. You can't just be like, oh yeah, this looks good. This has great information. Good words, fair speeches don't mean jack. They don't mean nothing. It doesn't, if it does not have factual historical proof behind it, those good words and fair speeches are nothing but folly. Now the next is the book of Enoch we're going to bring up. We're going to talk a little bit about this before going into Torah by Moses from God. A book of Enoch, its earliest form written in Ge'et's language from Ethiopia. Now mind you, Ethiopia was one of the ruling regions during many early civilizations. So with all the different countries in Africa right now, Ethiopia was the ruling empire of that time. But the Ge'et's Semitic language dates between the 9th to 5th century BC. Huh. I want you to look at that. Just look at it. <laughs> that means that the Ge'et's language is much older than Arabic. Hmm. Interesting. So because of such, it's regard the Book of Enoch is regarded as a witness to the original text. And the Book of Enoch was found from Mashafa Nuzazi, Ethiopic manuscript. So the Book of Enoch was written in its earliest form between the 9th to 5th century BC. Some say a little more closer to our time, but with the original founding, and this is not the pre-form of Ge'et's language, this is the actual form, the final formation of the language, Ge'et's, is when that was brought. Okay, so that's pretty old. However, this is what then comes up about. So now we're going to talk about the Torah by Moses from God. Okay, the original Torah was in as the farther we go back in history, many things were either orally spoken down from generation to generation or chiseled in stone, or written in stone. Okay, not, not written on ink and paper, or papyri, or Sanskrit. Excuse me, not Sanskrit, papyri only. <laughs> there are many forms of paper. But, when it was written was between the 6th to 5th century BC. Hmm. Interesting. About the same time as the Book of Enoch. 
the Book of Enoch, written a little bit earlier. But here's the key. The Torah was in the Aramaic language. And this came before the Talmud, the Mishnah, and the Gemaria, or Gemara. Okay, the Talmud, the Mishnah, and the Gemara were formed afterwards. So they were formed in AD, about the first or second century, in Babylon. Okay, so this seems pretty old. But let's go back a little further. Speaking of Babylon, Babylon first presence was between 2334 BC and 2279 BC. So why is that important? It's going to be important just a moment. We're going to get into Sanskrit. So Sanskrit is used by Hinduism, Buddhism, Eastern mysticism, Jainism, so on. Sanskrit is preformed from pre-Vedic. So pre-Vedic was the culture before Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, all that. And this dates from between 2000 BC to 900 BC. Hmm. So now it seems like that Sanskrit is a little bit older. But Sanskrit is also known as Dharma law. That's what a lot of people look at when they think of Sanskrit, is that it's Dharma law. So Dharma law is Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, and so on. Sanskrit is usually the language that's used. Okay, so now it seems like Dharma law is older than the Bible at this point. Hmm. That's odd. Well, then, if by tradition the Torah was passed down orally, how are we going to know when the Torah was really spoken of. Oh, we'll get in that in just a second. Because now we're going to go to the Code of Hammurabi. This is where Babylon now takes place. So technically, Babylon was more of a power structure and was a world, the, actually, the, one of the first world powers in our history. Babylon, under King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? King Nebuchadnezzar, if you don't believe that, sorry that you're not opening up your mind enough to how that is actually historical. King Nebuchadnezzar ruled Babylon as one of the great world powers. And we're talking about actually ruling 
the entire world of what's civilization. Now, I'm not excluding other types of settlements and civilizations. I'm going based upon the conquerors, the ones that are most prominent, the ones that had the most power and significance in history. Because that's how history is written, is by the conquerors, not by the losers, ever. Just look at the Roman Empire. They conquered. They had their fights, but they still conquered and won. But we're not talking about the Romans. We're on the Code of Hammurabi, which dates to Babylon between 1792 BC to 1750 BC. Hmm. So, Code of Hammurabi forms from laws of Eshnuna, 1930 BC, and Code of Ur Namu, 2100 to 2150 BC, or 2150 to 2100 BC. Huh. So we got two different laws that came before the Code of Hammurabi. So the Code of Hammurabi was bringing the people together and unifying them to really bring about Babylon formalized and unified. So as we know, Babylon started between 2334 BC and 2279 BC. That's why the oldest, which is the code of Ur-Namu, is between 2150 BC and 2100 BC. Now the code of Hammurabi used Akkadian language between 2500 to 600 BC. That's when the Akkadian language was used between those time periods, but it used that language. And it was used on cuneiform script. Cuneiform script was used between 3100 BC and the second century AD. Mm. So now is not only Code of Hammurabi older than the written Torah, well, we've come across as Book of Enoch and the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. It's starting to look like it's the oldest right now. However, we did not talk about the Sumerians. Sumer. Ah, <laughs> why is this important? Code of Ur, Namu. Let's take out Namu and use Ur. Why is Ur, which is spelled U-R, important? Well, Ur, or Ur, was formed in 3800 BC and was an important Sumerian ancient city. Uruk, 4th millennium BC, was another ancient city of Sumer. So we have Ur and Uruk. Sumeria, remember, is older than the Egyptians. Okay? And the Emerald Tablets of Thoth preside from 
around Egypt and the surrounding areas in that general. But Sumeria is older than the Egyptians. That's why I didn't want to go into the Egyptians because so many people are focusing on the Egyptian gods of old and all that. And I, so since that's nothing really new to talk about, that it's been talked about so much, that's why we need to talk about Sumer, the Sumerians. Why is this important, though? Well, <laughs> this has been written down. And Merkar and the Lord of Arata is a legendary, and we're not talking about a myth as in legendary, legendary as an epic account of one against another. So Enmerkar and the Lord of Arata. The account of Enmerkar, king of Unag Kulaba. From Uruk. Huh. Interesting. Remember, Uruk is another ancient city of Sumer. So Enmerkar, king of Unag Kulaba an unnamed king of Arata, gives the account of the confusion of tongues. The same thing is spoken of on account of the Tower of Babel. Where does the Tower of Babel come from? The Bible. In Genesis. That's right. Early on, in Genesis, chapter 6, is about what happens with Noah. But when we jump ahead, to chapter 10 gives us account of the Tower of Babel. As well, going into chapter 11, which says in verse 6 of chapter 11, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Ah, interesting. This is where it's very prominent. The Tower of Babel comes after Noah was in the flood. Enoch is the grandfather of Noah. Remember, 
generations passed on their traditions orally. Sometimes they would have it written down in stone. But being that Uruk, the ancient, an ancient city of Sumer, was in the 4th millennium BC, has the account of the Tower of Babel. Okay, this is going to be in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan area. That's where many of Sumer is pertained into their area. Having not only account of Tower of Babel, confusion of languages, in Genesis 10 and 11, but as well as in Merkar and the Lord of Arata, legendary Sumerian account on the confusion of languages, then brings about the Book of Enoch being the most prominent source to confirm the Bible's truth. Why is this so? Hmm. It's very interesting. I'll tell you is that we're going to get right back into this after we hear that brief word from the sponsor. Stay tuned, everyone. All right, welcome back, everyone. I know you're all wanting to listen into why the book of Enoch has so much importance to it. Well, in the book of Enoch, there are three different items within that are very important to note. The first is Enoch seeing many things in the spiritual realm of heaven. The second is going to be two different visions. The first vision is Enoch seeing the world destroyed by a flood, and that only a certain individual would be saved. That individual is Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. That was the first vision. The second vision prophesies the entire Bible from the time of when Noah gets off the ark to the book of Revelation. And does this in parable form. Hmm. That's interesting. Why he would have this way before Moses was even born. Let alone the twelve sons of Israel. But what is also more profound 
that is undeniable. Why does Enoch use in the context son of man, the S being capitalized, and the M being capitalized? In pertaining to Jesus Christ, why would he do that? Why would he say that? Well, remember, he had his account of seeing things in the heavens. Son of man is the name used for Jesus in the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament. So you tell me, how is it that all these different religions, some being older, but yet someone who uses the context Son of Man specifically describing Jesus using that name, and that name being used in the Old and New Testament. And Enoch using this name before any of those people were even born. I don't know about you, but that confirms to me the Bible is true. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the oldest text. Prophesied originally by Enoch in our physical human world. That means Enoch, being the seventh from Adam, confirms Adam and Eve in the garden. And with that being said, I want to appreciate you all listening in and wanting to learn more truth. And I realize this does not bring truth and revelation to some, that some may need a little bit more work in researching on themselves of evidence of this. And I encourage everyone to do so, not just only take my word, but also do your own research. Because if you don't do your own research, what makes my word anything profound? Just as anybody else, someone can bring something of actual real truth. But the facts are not there. What makes what that person says true? So for me, I truly believe 
Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for my sins. Not just mine, but the whole world. Who then rose from the dead three days later to reestablish the connection back to the Father in order to have eternal life. Only for those who want to believe. To those who don't, as it is written, what not only Enoch has said, but what the Bible has said, is eternal damnation for unbelievers and the wicked, the unrighteous, the sinners, and so on and so forth. So if this has brought revelation to you, and you are now understanding the truth, have not taken that step to gain eternal life and bring the kingdom of God to conquer the kingdom of darkness that has presided itself over the world for so long, I encourage you to pray to Jesus that you accept him as your Lord and Savior, that you repent of all your sins and of all your ways, and you will follow him obediently, humbly, to bring life, goodness, fruits of the Spirit through you unto others, for others and yourself to prosper without being manipulated, without being controlled, without evil intentions of putting you in a hole. This is for everyone. If you don't accept it and you need more evidence, then I encourage you to do your own research on this. If what I have said has not resounded for you, Do as much research as you need to until you get the truth. But the truth does not reside in those that only seek their own truth and will never receive freedom. Ever. When you seek your own truth, you don't receive freedom. That's reality. I speak from experience. I don't want others to go down that same hole. But if you're like me, or used to be like how I used to be, where you'll still go the hard way, I pray and wish all the best for you. But with that being said, we will speak more on our next episode that may talk about the book of Jasher. Or, we could talk about the whole thing about aliens. 
And to give a little tidbit before going in on that. Aliens are just fallen angel hybrids. That's not the details, what you want. That's just what you need to know. Unless you want to do the research yourself, go ahead by all means. But if you don't want to, and you just want to wait, then until next time, peace out.